Welcome to the internet, live from the dank basement of the Marriott Library at the University of Utah. Bruh. This is the Redline Podcast. It's I'm like, your host, quote, inconceivable frequency Dunstan. Go ahead, Kyle. We're on the second floor. Uh, it's technically it's the, the basement, basement if you go to the other side. I guess. Do normal people build basements with just, like, it's a plaza a above basement. them? It's called a daylight basement. <laughs> that sounds like the opposite it's of when the you, basement. It's when you build a house on a hill, you have a basement that can have, like, daylight go directly into basement it. Basement in name only. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm your host, quote, inconceivable frequency Dunstan, and these are my co-hosts. Kyle, quote, regular frequency, close quote, Holland, and... Alex, I'm just happy to be here. Fielder. Today we're talking about the transit nerd foam fodder that is the Vancouver Skytrain. Just how did the West's most successful transit system come into existence, and where is it going next? Find out after the news. And he's here. Yeah, wow. I'm here. I'm just yeah. happy to be here. Not over the internet. Yeah. Yeah. The MBTA, everyone's favorite failed state transit authority, has just announced the figure that it believes will be required to bring the system back to a full state of good repair. After decades of underinvestment, funds stealing, and deferred maintenance on the part of the Massachusetts government, the T now may need more than $24 billion <laughs> to get the system up to snuff. The figure amounts to a near total rebuild of many MBTA lines, acquisitions of a whole new fleet to replace antiquated rolling stock, and other items. Needless to say, it's an astounding figure. To bring the T up to scratch would require almost as much capital as the infamously expensive Big Dig of the early 21st century. Hopefully, something will happen to address these needs soon because a T in its current state is a national embarrassment. How did they screw <laughs> it up this badly? Like, I know there's a bit of debt from the big dig, but it can't be that much. It's just the Massachusetts government subtly stealing their funding, so they have to defer a ton of maintenance for the last 20 years. Is there a $24 billion pre or post um, embezzlement? <laughs> Probably post is, is that, I think. Okay, so that's with corruption counted in. Yeah, with corruption okay. counted in, yeah. yes. Okay, I'm glad they did that. Which checks out for all major <laughs> capital projects. Also, not like, to it's mention... Like, it's like $10 billion to fix their three subway lines alone. Not to mention the even more massive disruptions this will create for riders. Well, well, I don't know if you can disrupt things any more massively than they currently are, given that the red line averages like 10 miles an hour right now. <laughs> what is and, this? And, and Grant, give me this. The, the red line is a fully grade-separated subway line. It should not be averaging 10 miles an hour. should not be like hour. our red line? <laughs> no. It's so significantly slower than our red line on 4th South at the moment, if that's any indication. It is about the same. No, it's slower. Uh, about About 50% slower. Ours does not average 20 miles an hour on 4th South. You're oh, I, get, of, I was thinking, thinking like 30% slower, 33% slower. Oh, okay. Jeez. So that's good. Sure. Aren't you so excited to to ride the MBTA when you can take 10 minutes to go from one station to another station and the curves you have to go three miles an hour around because on the brand new Green Line extension that they built, they gauged the track wrong, so it's the wrong gauge for the trains that run on it. They gauge the tracks. They wrong. gauge the track so, wrong. So they can't go it's, it's fast not, around the curve. You know, I thought four feet eight and a half inches was pretty hard to mess up, but as it <laughs> turns out, uh, they made it about four feet eight and uh, uh, three eighths inches. <laughs> and that screws everything up. And that messes everything up because the turning radius of the wheels is specifically designed for four feet eight and a half inches. Great. <laughs> wow. So, like I said, the T. 
How not they good? this bad at this. Only the commuter rail is not broken, and it still needs like five billion dollars worth of repairs. Like the New York <laughs> subway is always burning billions upon billions of dollars, but it's like fine. It's not. It's not on fire. Uh huh. Neither is the SEPTA Metro, but you know. <laughs> that just blows my mind. Twenty-four billion dollars for context is about like what nine or. Seven and a half times as much as UTA spent to build its entire rail system and BR, quote, BRT, unquote, system. How many route miles does the T even have? Not many. Well, Great. I don't know. Not enough to warrant $24 billion. I'll say that. <laughs> that's, like, that's like building a new BART <laughs> worth of money. Great. So. Great. Wow. So, anyway, this has been the news. I mean, at least they get like eighty-one million riders a year on the sub on the T alone on the on the heavy rail portion of the T alone post pandemic. This has been the news. <laughs> <laughs> that is like one hundred twenty dollars per yearly rider. Not very many track miles. Uh, they have forty. Tr- for, uh, sorry, they have forty route miles of subway. Ten billion dollars. That's two hundred fifty million dollars per mile to fix Great. the subway. I mean, they've got thirty route miles of light rail. Did not know that. Yeah, I, think I don't think they're fixing that. Eight billion dollars to fix that. Great. How do you? <laughs> Great. So yeah, um, we're going to talk about a place that is not falling apart today and may, in fact, have the best public transportation in North America, other than a certain city that shall not be named. <laughs> Has 20, 20 million people. The Empire State Building is there. You know Whoa. the one. Yeah. yeah. So, to ask uh, Kyle's favorite question. No. <laughs> <laughs> Reaches across tables, strangles you. What is a Vancouver? Alex, you want to do the strangling yeah, for me one. since you're here? Oh, I won't do the strangling because I do agree with the question. No. <laughs> but I can't take section one don't strangle me you get section one i'm not used to being threatened to be strangled because i'm normally behind 90 miles of audio glass Uh, 90 miles (laughs) of of lag lag yeah oh on some bad days i wish we only had 90 miles of lag Uh (laughs) i wonder in terms of speed of light how many miles of lag we actually get how was editing that one episode with a really bad lag I should start sending. You looked screen- a little traumatized. <laughs> I should start <laughs> sending screenshots of the number of cuts these ha- these require. You, you should show me that. Okay. What was it like? A hundred cuts? <laughs> Two hundred cuts? I'll send you a screenshot. Well, maybe with patron money, we can get a special adopted line to Logan with patron money if we wanted to. Well, we could do that if we wanted to, but then we'd have less patron money. <laughs> Well, I mean, we're not using it for anything else. We're uh, saving up for next time we merch. get invited to... Um, to Montreal. Plane ticket budget. Yeah. True. Uh, we are going to Phoenix in 25 for when they open the new light rail line, because that's the closest thing that's opening in the next... Like, Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, <coughs> the eternal question that no. Kyle loves, what is Vancouver? <laughs> well, Vancouver is Canada's third city following... Toronto and Montreal, known around the world for its high quality of life. Situated on the country's west coast, it's a major port city and the terminus of Via Rail's spectacular Canadian train. Ha. Greatest rail journey in America. Imagine only having <laughs> one <laughs> cross-country train. 
Instead of like, what do we have? Three, There's four? There's like one California's worth of people in Canada, so... Don't give them a hard time. Like, in football fields, I don't know how many that is. <laughs> it's pretty cool that they have a cross-country train. I bet it's scenic and cold. Yeah. Are they less of a wuss about the weather than we are? Yeah. Yes. They're Canadian. Yeah. They're built different. Literally. Built better than English. People. Uh, they, most of them also speak English. Well, I mean, English. Oh. English. You parle français aussi, monsieur. <laughs> but... Uh, it's also known as the origin point for the type of urbanism that many Yimby urbanist-minded uh, folks seem to like best, Vancouverism. Yeah, that's where you just build a crap ton of tall <laughs> buildings and call it good. <laughs> and, suddenly, <laughs> and suddenly condos are the cheapest form of housing in your city. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which, honestly, I wish we'd try that around here because all our, all our big towers, apartment or condo, are incredibly inaccessible. Yeah. yeah, I'm in favor of Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, more importantly, it's home of the SkyTrain. How's that more important than Vancouver Irving? It is. <laughs> it is more important because I, the SkyTrain is the model for all future train in America. I guess. It, I, I guess it's also a prerequisite to Vancouver urbanism. I, yeah, kind of. Uh, so, the next section's title is the past and trolleybuses triumphant. Uh, Vancouver, like Vancouver, <laughs> like most North American cities, grew up as a streetcar city. Throughout the late 19th and early 20th century, trolleys were the best and most popular way to get around the city, other than walking. I'm going to take that, because uh, it's Toronto that's known for having streetcars today. I'm going to assume that that did not happen to Vancouver. They don't have streetcars. Rev. They did briefly in, in the 2012 Olympics, but then they didn't. <laughs> What, did they Wait. build a streetcar we'll for the Olympics? We'll then? talk about it later. Okay. It, it's a whole section. <laughs> uh, but like most places, the car came and it did, and did its thing, and by 1955, the last streetcar made its final trip. Unlike most cities on the continent, though, Vancouver replaced a large number of its streetcar routes with trolley buses, and I have this in italics, kept them. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, having a functioning trolley bus network? Well, you got y'all know that Salt Lake City was the first city in the world to have trolley buses, and we clearly do not have trolley buses at the oh, moment. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. that. Yeah. And all we have is trolley square. Oh, I would much rather have trolley square than trolleys. I you love dead have, malls. You could have both. They could build a dead mall on, on top of a functioning trolley barn. They could. Or Instead they could of a build, parking garage. Or they could do the Vancouver thing and build, build a, a beep off tower. <laughs> Uh, Vancouver was the only city in Canada to keep the trolley buses. It's still the only city in Canada with trolley buses. And interestingly, they continued to be expanded until the 1960s, when most places were ripping them out. There was a brief rough patch, but the ener energy crisis hit hard, and beginning in the 1980s, expansions began once again, coinciding with the rebound in transit interest that would help the SkyTrain get built. I wish you, people would just new build trolleys just because. Just Why would they do that when they could not? Oh, okay. Mm. Because I hate the environment and if energy efficiency. Hindenburg bus. Hindenburg <laughs> bus. Yeah, Hindenburg, Hindenburg bus. bus. <laughs> exactly. Bussenburg. Uh, interestingly, the reason that they may have kept the trolley buses when a lot of other cities got rid of them is because the hydroelectric company for the province of British Columbia ran public transport in uh. in Vancouver until like 
the 90s. Which would mean they're deeply <laughs> invested in electricity. So they like electricity because they can get it for basically They can vertically free. integrate their <laughs> their buses and good for them. <laughs> Should have tried that in Salt Lake. So were they the um, trolley bus hydroelectric <laughs> light infection? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name. No, they were just BC Hydro. Oh, that that works too. Yeah, that's very funny. like seventies. They, they should have put some traction in that. But. <laughs> British Columbia Hydroelectric and Traction Company. Oh, that goes so <laughs> hard. Return, return. <laughs> As of today, Vancouver has nearly two hundred miles of trolley bus routes, which carry more than a hundred thousand riders per day, including the ninety nine line, which is the busiest bus route in North America, carrying more than thirty thousand riders per day. 55,000 before the pandemic. <laughs> this is the one that they're building the SkyTrain extension under, right? Correct. Yeah, it checks out. Uh, side note, I would like to say for 200 miles of trolleys and 100,000 riders per day, uh, these trolley bus routes get significantly better uh, utilization like, per mile than certain like 500 daily, ride, daily rides <laughs> per route mile. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. About the same as the S-Line. Yikes. Which gets, what, 1,000 a day on 2.2 uh, miles? 1,200 now. On 2.2 miles, so yeah, about the same. Yeah, and it's creeping upward, <laughs> too. I was looking at the ridership the other day. Cool. But anyway, uh, Alex, you get Expo 86, the SkyTrain. Awesome. Well, like all large West Coast cities, um, apparently. apparently, planning for the SkyTrain started in the late 1950s with a proposal for a monorail system. I guess they got the monorail fever. Everyone. Monorail. <laughs> when was the Seattle monorail built? Oh, the yeah, 70s, was the World's it? Fair, right? Or 60s or 70s. Yeah. In that case, screw you, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, this went nowhere. But in the 70s, the Canadian government, uh, through Bombardier... Which was state-owned at the time. ...was developing something they called the Intermediate Capacity Transit System. <laughs> <laughs> intermediate what, capacity. Not, la- not large capacity. <laughs> <laughs> this just means light metro, basically. <laughs> and Vancouver wanted in. Unlike other West Coast cities, Vancouver never invested heavily in expressways. To this day, there isn't really a downtown freeway in the cities. So they had gridlock on the surface streets instead of gridlock on freeways. Traffic was bad either way. Along with the eventual Scarborough Rapid Transit... Which is in Toronto. Vancouver would use the ICTS linear induction... What? So, 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 so... This is not a roller coaster. Because because fun, right? Because Burning money. Canada was, like, in the 70s, like, you know, Canada, we sure don't matter... And maybe if we made up this super complicated metro system, we would matter. Instead of a regular one. Right. So they they create the intermediate capacity transit system with Bombardier, which is a linear induction light metro technology that only was ever used two places. On the four-stop Scarborough Rapid Transit, which connects to the eastern end of Line 2 in Toronto, and on the SkyTrain. On all the SkyTrain or just some old part of Only it? Only two lines out of three on the SkyTrain because the, the, the newest one is normal. That's still an alarmingly <laughs> large proportion and sounds expensive. <laughs> 
Well, the uh, British Columbia government chose this technology for the new rapid transit corridor that would run between New Westminster and Vancouver in time for the Expo 86, which was pretty much the World's Fair, which would be hosted in Vancouver. What, World's Fair except Canada? No, it's just the World's Fair. Yeah, World's Fair is world. They don't call it the World's Fair anymore. They call it Expo whatever. Which is lame because World's Fair is a badass name. Yeah. 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 Uh, Just like Salt Lake City, interestingly, (laughs) uh, big world events were kind of the renaissance for Vancouver's transit system. Money, 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 money. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully again. Olympics 30, 34. God willing, 24. Wait, yeah, 34. 34, It's like 24 is next year. I would hope we'd know that. We'll have the Olympics soon. (laughs) (laughs) My brain was still in 2014, so I was thinking like, oh, it's in 10 years. That's 2024. 24 is summer anyways. (laughs) Yeah, it is summer. Where is it this time? I don't know. Um, Somewhere in Asia, right? I think so. That's cool. That was LA for 28. They're enjoying the transit money right now. Yeah, good luck. Um, I don't know where it is after that, though. Uh, Interestingly, the system was mostly funded by the province and federal government of Canada. There was no new tax created to build the thing. Read my lips. No new tax. (laughs) George H.W. Bush is so happy right now. (laughs) Oh, and Reagan. Yeah. Yeah, except it's transit. No, Reagan would have spent the money on Star Wars. (laughs) Uh, he would have bought everyone a limousine instead of building SkyTrain. <laughs> and that would have caused no problems. <laughs> no, no. Tra- gridlock, but longer. Yeah. Yeah, extra locked. Yeah. Extra, <laughs> extra, yeah. Limousine that's longer than the block. Does a limousine, like, decrease the capacity yes. of it? <laughs> this, is, this is a common thing in uh, freeway traffic engineering is figuring out the passenger car equivalency of a large vehicle. Like, a bus might be, like, two or something. <laughs> So a limousine might also be like two, or if it's cool enough, maybe uh, even three. So you three. decrease the capacity of the freeway lane, lane from uh, <laughs> 1,200 or whatever to... 600. Nine, yeah, 600. <laughs> except, all the vehicles, except all the vehicles now hold like 10 times as many people. Yeah, except they won't. Oh, and someone's yeah. going to turn a lim- limo into like a lifted Humvee. So <laughs> There's already a Hummer limo that goes around downtown here. There is. Yeah, yes. it's kind of cursed. I'm glad I moved. It's so cursed. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> there, yeah, there are no lifted trucks in Cash County. Oh, there's plenty. <laughs> there, I've been... Someone's rolled coal on me so many times already. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, it's funny how that's illegal in the state of Utah. Yep, well, Diesel Brothers uh, <laughs> live in the state of Utah. Great. And they own an island in the Great Salt Lake. Great. So. What island? They own, like, two or three small islands. I want to own an island in the Great Salt Lake. Become a diesel brother. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Maybe we should buy one with our podcast money. The Red Lion Podcast Memorial Great Salt Lake Island. Uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) it's probably not an island anymore. (laughs) It's probably a peninsula. (laughs) I'm happy with a peninsula, too. Or just a bulge out of a yeah, lake, bulge dry out lake of the bed. dry lake. Sure, the Redline Podcast Memorial Lake Mound. <laughs> <laughs> we got to invent like the reverse coal rolling, um, like uh, coal sucker, well, coal sucker, or like arsenic saltwater spray. A, a Prius vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, the counterattack for the coal rolling. Auto targeting yeah. arsenic saltwater. So, like, is this like that Bosnian Ape Society yes. thing where your bicycle has, like, guided missiles on it? Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. 
Uh, and it, back back on track. <laughs> Get um, it? <laughs> you need you need back on the linear induction guideway. Yeah, exactly. Which has tracks. This is true. It does at least they have like regular standard gauge tracks, right? Yes. Cool. This with a and there another rail in the middle that the train is pulled along. Through the magic of lots huh. of expensive technology. Yeah. The linear induction is what they use with Wicked yes. and Lagoon, right? Yeah, it's, to, it's to pull it up. Deck, yeah. that's, that's but crazy. it doesn't matter because the acceleration on these trains is limited by passenger comfort, not by physics. Well, it's cool, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, construction of this awesome technology. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Javon, some might say. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> began in 1982. The system would be mostly elevated Aye. and at grade, with a short section into downtown we're using an old railway tunnel. Real REM vibes. I know, right? OG REM. That, that's what they did in St. Louis, didn't mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. But so this one's not disintegrating. Yeah. The one in St. Louis isn't disintegrating. Oh, they, didn't they fix it? Did they fix it? I thought After it was like having the giant trouble. flood? Yeah. Well, that's only one section. Oh, okay. it's like yeah. a mile. The rest of it's fine. Okay, it's fine. All right. Yeah. Well, um, the trains would be much shorter than we're used to in North America. We really love our heavy metros, and would make up for the smaller capacity of its trains by running absurd frequencies. Like every three minutes. I'm still weirded <laughs> out by how long BART trains are because I'm used to the ones here. BART trains are long, really long. long. Where are they? 120 meters. They're basically a football field and a half. Well, anyway, uh, this is still an operating pattern for all SkyTrain lines. Mm-hmm. The line opened for limited trial service in late 1985 and full revenue service on January 3rd, 1986. It was a smash hit, carrying almost 30 million passengers <laughs> on a 13-mile line that year. Yeah, so thank you if you, like, stopped the blue line in, like, the first station or a fashion place, basically. Right? That'd be like 13 miles, right? Yeah. No, you gotta go farther than that. How far you gotta go? Uh, here Maybe to Midvale? Here to Draper is like 19. So probably somewhere so in Midvale. So the original first. blue line yeah, to carried 30 million riders in a year. If only. That is <laughs> 82,000 riders a day, not even accounting for the difference between <laughs> weekdays and weekends. <laughs> which is... 82,000 um, riders eight, per day. 82,000 divided by 13 route miles. That is 6,300 daily riders per route mile. <laughs> More if you account for that weekdays are going to be busier, presumably. Yeah. A lot of people. Insane. Well, the Expo line, as it uh, came to be called... Understandable. Yeah. ...was expanded two miles to Surrey, a large suburb of Vancouver, in 1990, and further west again in 1994. Hey, it was called it was called the Expo line. Relevant yeah. comparison. It's fair. That's what I would oh. name it. Wait, was the blue the, line called the Expo line? It was the Salt yeah. Lake slash Sandy Expo line. Or well, was it Civic Sense? No, it went to Sandy Expo yeah, originally, Sandy yeah. Expo and it was named That's after why there's the side platforms at Sandy Expo. And it was named yeah. after the uh, terminus stations. I forgot what the name was oh. exactly. Mm. Well, they just call it the Salt Lake Sandy Line most of the time. Oh, okay. Um, new services also it's around the same time. So C bus, uh, Vancouver Singular Ferry Service, the C bus began <laughs> operating. Well, actually, there's kind of like a tourist one in uh, a creek to the south of downtown, but I don't really count that. So we'll say this is the only real one. <laughs> um, 
But it began operations between North Vancouver and Waterfront, which is downtown, in 1977, and was initially operated by BC Hydro, the province's hydroelectric operator, which, as we discussed, ran much of Vancouver's transit at the time. It was and is a big success because the north-south highway links between the northern suburbs, which lie across the harbor from the city center and downtown, are very congested. Today, it carries about 16,000 people every day with frequencies of up to every 10 minutes, which I, is the most frequent ferry service I've ever you know, laid eyes on. I don't <laughs> even know if the Staten Island ferry does that. That's a lot. Yeah. That, that's, that, that, that feels like a lot. Every 10 minutes on a ferry. <laughs> I know, right? That's they only have a fleet of four ferries as well. Oh, so I guess it's not it's that long. It's a short long. distance? It's, it's pretty short distance, yeah. There's yeah. just only, like, one bridge between, like, uh, the 150,000 people in the north suburbs or whatever and, and the city. And ferry cheaper than New Bridge. Yeah, much <laughs> cheaper. Uh, for context, with just a single line, CBUS carries more people than the Water Emergency Transit Authority, also known as the Bay Area Ferry, and almost as many as Front Runner. <laughs> Which is an 80-odd mile regional Commuter rail line, line yeah. Because there's two flipping stops, I assume, because uh-huh. it's a ferry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it carried more people before the pandemic as well. That's hilarious. Jeez. So That's Vancouver, hilarious. Vancouver, as it turns out, is based. Um, also, they have commuter rail there, if you didn't know this, the West Coast Express. Uh, plans for commuter rail in Vancouver began in the 70s, which really seems to have laid the groundwork for a lot of transit expansion in the city. Uh, unlike ski bus, <laughs> ski bus. <laughs> unlike C bus and SkyTrain, though, the West Coast Express took a while to implement. It would only open in 1995 after extensive negotiations with Canadian Pacific, now Canadian Pacific and Kansas City, and the BNSF. The new line would run between Waterfront Station downtown and the far western suburb of Mission, with four, eventually expanded to five, round trips per day on weekdays only. It would also eventually interchange with the Millennium Line at Moody Center and Coquitlam Center. I'm sure I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> sure. Uh, and it also has, like, in the Canadian style, uh, special bus services called the Train Bus, which operate in peak hours to shuttle riders from the burbs to train stations. Uh, it's probably a big reason why it's a success, even though it has terrible service, because it carried about 8,000 to 10,000 daily riders by 2019 on five RTs per day. Uh-huh. Wow. This, uh, this is what happens when you have functioning feeder buses. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, like, you're carrying on each train, like, a thousand people. That's a lot. I mean, to be fair, you can fit almost a thousand people in a front-runner train, but they do run much larger trains than we do. This so. is fair. Intercity trains have basically unlimited length. I think they run, like, seven car sets or something. Oh, yeah, easily. So, everybody, yeah. everybody can yeah. set. <laughs> so, Yeah. Uh, as it turns out, all of Vancouver's transit is goaded, not just the SkyTrain. It's uh, amazing what happens when instead of investing in highways, you invest in transit. Concept. The transit is good. <laughs> and then people want to use it. And uh, do. And if you invest in highways, the highways are bad. And people use them because it's the only option. Because the transit Cause sucks. Because you're just in hell. In purgatory. It's called uh, Vegas. <laughs> And Salt Lake City, and, 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 and. <laughs> Yeah, but Vegas puts their money into the big sphere, so. <laughs> I mean, who can blame them? I, too, would buy a sphere instead of a functioning transit system. <laughs> oh, yeah. What yeah. if they had a monorail that orbited the sphere like the rings on Saturn? I mean, that, okay, that's, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> like, you have the, you build the monorail along, line along the strip, right, and it just has a little deviation where it just does a loop-de-loop around the, <laughs> around the sphere. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then turn it on to strobe mode. Yeah. That, that would be hilarious. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I would. I, I mean, whomst among us has not bought a sphere instead of a, tran a rapid transit line for the the busiest bus <laughs> corridor in the state? Eh, I don't know. Most people, people haven't done yeah. that. <laughs> well, this leads us to the Millennium Line and the future expansions. So, Woo. fun fact. This is not a fun fact for clarification. <laughs> Fun oh, quote uh, quote fun fact. Fact. Well, yeah, it, it doesn't. It care is about a fact. Your feelings. Yeah. Okay, See, I like Benjamin. that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't care about your feelings. Sorry, I can't do the voice. I don't care about uh, it. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. He's like what five six? I could beat his ass. Yeah. yeah. I can't. I can't pitch up high enough for that either. Ben Shapiro. No, Hypothetically, I if I was Ben Shapiro, I would not be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. So, fact, the Millennium Line <laughs> was almost a light rail. When the BC government started to consider rapid transit on the Broadway corridor in 1995, they wanted to build surface-running light rail like that common in Portland and other western cities. I'm glad they didn't. Did you, what yeah. do you mean you don't want to crawl up 15 miles an hour all the way across the Vancouver metro area? Doesn't that sound so fun to you? Yeah, light rail was a weird craze because it was like master-planned metros of the of the Great Society era, part two, except what if they weren't very good? So Ronald Reagan. That would do it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Reagan. It, it ne Neoliberalism, like, some might say. It seems like they've somehow dodged every possible mistake that has come at them. Uh -huh. And I, I don't know how. And miraculously, the linear induction motors work and aren't just eating money all the time. True. Yeah, which is I, a I miracle. Know, good for them. One, there is, you know, my normal stance is no good gadget bombs. <laughs> well, my normal stance is one good gadget bomb because the Morgantown PRT does exist. <laughs> but I'm going to have to expand that for now to two good, two gadget, good bombs. gadget bombs. The other one being SkyTrain. Or yeah. more broadly, the, the hit rate on gadget bombs is very low. Yes. We found two that worked so far. And the Miami Metro Mover is okay as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. Three. Thankfully, SkyTrain Technologies was chosen instead, and the construction began in 1999. The line would initially interline with the Expo line, and then eventually be extended further along Broadway to the University of British Columbia. This would take somewhat longer <laughs> than initially decided. <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> somewhat. The line opened in 2002 from Waterfront. It initially shared some tracks with the Expo line. To Braid Station in Westminster. Yeah, so it was initially kind of just a branch of the Expo line that branched off to the north a little bit, mm -hmm. but later it would become its own thing. So where did they build on the new track that was previously being shared? It's going like a different route, or how's well, the service? Well, let's, let's look at the let's look at the map of SkyTrain real quick. Just look it up. So you can see here on the Expo line, which is the blue line here. Gosh darn, this thing sucks. Um, the Expo line is the blue line, right? Mm -hmm. So the part that goes north, that goes to Braid, you see that? That was initially the, the Millennium line there. It would run from along the current route of the Expo line and then just branch north to Braid. But then what they did is they built this whole new section up here from uh, Lougheed Town Center to Commercial Broadway. That's yellow currently. And 
made kind of a loop with the Millennium Line. And then in 2016, they built this whole section that goes up here to the north to like Lafarge Lake Douglas, and then uninterlined the two lines, turned the Expo Line into a branching service, and then just made the Millennium Line its own thing. Well, that's mm. clever in it. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a weird evolution, and I think I just explained like the rest of the history of the the Millennium Line. <laughs> <laughs> um, the line is currently finally being extended further west along Broadway, which currently hosts the busiest bus line in North America. Isn't this one going to be underground? Yes. Why is it underground? Reasons. How much, do I want to know how much this is going to cost? You absolutely do not. <laughs> okay, checks out. Oh, I mean, look, I didn't actually. I normally pull the figures for this sort of thing. That's weird. Wouldn't the NIMBYs like, uh, shouldn't the NIMBYs enjoy elevated rail because then they can drive their cars under it? Yeah, but they'd rather yeah, then not you would have to see, see it. it. So. Oh. Yeah. yeah. The so, visual I saw. Oh, it's not as bad as I thought. It's still kind of bad, but. NIMBYs should like elevated trains over service running trains because they can drive their cars under them. Don't take away any lanes. Yeah, but it blocks the blue sky that you look at instead of blue gold. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, that's what I want to look at. <laughs> the blue sky. Oh, that's what the sunroofs on some cars are for. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> increased how long is driving. It? So, right. for the first phase, which goes only about half the way, well, not even quite oh, halfway. Oh, great. They're phasing an extension they, to the university. It's expensive. It's expensive. Uh, the first phase, which looks, I think, about, I think it's five miles-ish, is about $2.83 billion. Somehow that's better than every new-build subway around I here in major cities. This is true. Keep like a fact, it's like a factor of four better than the BART extension. I guess corruption hasn't gone to Canada yet. Yeah, the Canadians are incorruptible. I mean, five hundred million dollars, five hundred odd million dollars a mile for a subway. I really think they just ought to do the whole thing in one go. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's going to take another forty years to get the other half done. It will. Which is the half that it will have like, a significant portion of the ridership as well. So. Well, if they can phase the Second Avenue subway, they can phase this. This is true. Yeah. And I mean, this may get more ridership than the Second Avenue subway, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. So, anyway, uh, yeah, so the line will go as far west as Arbutus Street, which no one knows where that is if you're not from Vancouver, so look it up. <laughs> it's most notably not the university. Yeah, uh, with future plans to serve the native redeveloped Jericho lands and University of British Columbia. So, the city of Vancouver gave a lot of, uh, like, a big parcel of land back to Native American, or... Native, I don't know, what do you say in Canada? Native Canadians? First Nations people, that's what they say oh, in Canada. Gotcha. To First Nations people. And they, of course, uh, were based and are now building, like, skyscrapers on it. And Vancouverism. Genius. They're cool. And they're going to um, put we the subway there and eventually to the university. We should try this uh, here in uh, the, the western U.S. instead of just, like, coming up with big reservations in the middle of nowhere. Maybe in addition to that, we yeah, can... Yeah, maybe, maybe Native Americans should get to live where there are opportunities. <laughs> maybe we can give back some of the land that's like, actually in a useful place. I don't place. know. They, they should be able to keep the reservations, and we should also give 
normal back land. to Native Americans. Flipping like, normal land. I don't know, 20 blocks in the granary or something so they can live somewhere where there are people and opportunities instead of um, sure, being sure. forced into poverty on reservations. I don't know, just thought. Crazy yeah. idea. <laughs> So here we took all the good land. You want this not as good land? Yeah. Fair trade, eh? Yeah. Well, you don't we get killed to all choose. your friends. I killed all your friends. Yeah. My goodness, this is uh-huh. like the land of lakes better. Yeah. Meme. Classic. Where the, 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 the picture of like yeah. a stereotypical Native American on the butter. Later revision. They took off the person and they kept the land. <laughs> oh, thank gosh. <laughs> that took you a minute. <laughs> they took the person off and they c- kept the land. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Too real. All right. Uh, this brings us to the Canada line. Oh, Canada. Do you not know the Canadian national anthem? To patriotism. Oh, Canada. Our home and native land, true patriot love in all of us command. Glorious we see thee rise, the true north strong and free. Oh, Canada, we stand on... I don't know how that finishes, but it's something that, we stand on guard for thee. That was pretty impressive. That was pretty <laughs> impressive, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Well, yeah, my that, throat really hurts now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, fair. The aforementioned Canada line. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Canada. I think we're required to sing that every time we mention Canada. Now. Okay. I will refrain from mentioning Canada. I'll cancel you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, was it... The line, I can't say which <laughs> it line. It shall not be named. <laughs> was imagined oh, in the early 2000s as a part of the city's run-up to the 2012 Olympic Games. Olympics pulling, you know, good things for them again. Yep. Olympics love, money, let's go. <laughs> love Olympics. Wait, wasn't the last one like the World's Fair, but eh, Basically the same thing. Yeah, big, big <laughs> global event. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the aforementioned line, which I won't say again, uh, was oh. built as a PPP where a private consortium would build and operate line for 35 years. Kind of a REM, proto-REM. Interesting decision. Well, except the REM is an arm of a different arm of the government acting as a private entity. Uh, semi-independent arm of the government. Uh, mostly independent arm of the government. That's fair. So I guess in terms of logistics, it's about the same, mm-hmm. but like the arm of the government has like I'm sure in their charter there's something like don't screw over the people of Montreal. Well, they did the contract for this pretty well, I think. So. Okay, that's good. It'd be nice to have a not screw over your people clause. <laughs> I would like that. Should put that in every in the in the charter of every every public corporation. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Canada line. I'm not doing it. Okay. okay. <laughs> I had to give you a chance. <laughs> it would run north from the airport in southern suburbs to meet the Expo line downtown at Waterfront. Unlike the other two SkyTrain lines, it does not use the LIM technology and uses more conventional tech um, as well as somewhat smaller trains. Today, it carries almost 140,000 people daily. <laughs> That's pre-pandemic. 
That's a lot. I'm sure it's still That's a lot. more than our whole well, system. TransLink has had like 95% ridership recovery from the pandemic. Dang. So <laughs> by not it's probably up there. Okay. By not being stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Most of the ridership they haven't made up is just the West Coast Express, I think. So... <laughs> Uh, there will eventually be an interchange with the extended Millennium Line at Broadway. Yeah. So look cool. forward to that. Yeah, it'll probably be the busiest station in the network. Cool. <laughs> and I'm sure it's going to be perfect because this. Oh, whole I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next is trolleys. Uh, so this is kind of a random note, uh, but Vancouver very briefly had a downtown streetcar during the Olympics, and now it doesn't. Briefly. Uh huh. Yeah, I want to hear about a couple this one. E- like a year. What? Yeah. Like they put down temporary tracks on top no. of the road. So so Vancouver between the late '90s, like '98, I think, and 2011, had a historic streetcar line that runs along uh, False Creek, which is south of downtown. Uh huh. And it was just you know his- classic historic trolley runs on weekends by volunteers and such. But during the Olympics, uh, because there was so much like People. demand and the historic streetcar line runs right by where the Olympic Village was, oh. they made a streetcar line because from the Canada line, where the downtown streetcar very fortunately happened to intersect, <laughs> to the Olympic Village, and it was just like a one-stop, non-stop line. They borrowed trams from Belgium. And um, put up some wires. Put up some wire. Well, there were the wires were there for the oh, storage car. So gotcha. they just borrowed some modern light rail vehicles from Belgium and ran them back and forth <laughs> for a few months. That is That's awesome. amazing. It's quite good, That's right? Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then they didn't keep it, but <laughs> there are a lot of calls to bring it back. And as you can see from picture two here on the next page. Uh, to create kind of like a Portland-esque or Seattle-esque downtown streetcar system. Seems fun. Yeah, I think it would be a good investment. There's a lot of... Um, this would connect to every SkyTrain downtown station, basically. <laughs> so And just, you get off the SkyTrain, you get on get the streetcar, street street you walk into whatever. Yeah. I, I figure it would probably do quite well in terms of ridership. I'm sure it'd do fantastic. Seems yeah. nice. Uh, and the city has ownership of the track still, so hey. it's not going anywhere, the the tracks that they currently have, which are like in a dedicated-ish row. But so. presumably oh. it'd be fairly expensive just to get all the new tracks and equipment and maintenance and all that. Well, yeah, and TransLink has authority over that sort of thing. Like, the oh. city doesn't want to pull a Portland where they just build it with city money because TriMet doesn't want to do it. And I'm sure they'll figure it out. Someday it'll happen. Yeah. It'll be nice. Especially since, like, some of the kind of north downtown in Vancouver is, like, one of the densest urban neighborhoods in North America. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have any rail. Oh. So it would be good if you get a little streetcar up there. Instead of get on the bus to SkyTrain, you know, the streetcar street to SkyTrain. SkyTrain. Sure. It's faster, higher capacity. Eh, it might not be faster, but it will be higher capacity. Cool. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, and that brings us to kind of the end of the narrative part of the episode. Uh... In the future, uh, TransLink is obviously building and finishing the Broadway subway. I don't think they have any other SkyTrain projects planned other than doing that because it's so expensive, which is not good, but that's North America for you. <sighs> um, they're looking at building some crosstown light rail and BRT lines to like kind of form orbital routes mm. because the... the, the SkyTrain because the SkyTrain system is very radial. They want, like, an orbital light rail line or an orbital BRT line or things like that. Why light rail instead of more SkyTrain? Money. <sighs> and yeah. also, like, ridership. You do need... A lot. A lot to justify that sort of expense. And depending so. on how far out they build this. Mm-hmm. 
So, anyway. And, you know, NIMBYs and whatever that are already making a mess out of the Broadway extension. Yeah, true. Uh, they're also planning on bus service expansions because it's Canada. <laughs> <laughs> And they have had a huge recovery. Uh, more than 90% of ridership has returned to TransLink. As of, as of summer of this year. Through the magic so, of running service. Yeah, they didn't really cut very much service, which even like UTA and TriMet and other agencies that you don't feel like did that. They definitely they did, did that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, there's also talk about building more regional rail lines like cool. the West Coast Express. Perhaps with all day service. That's cool. Sweet. So. And frequency, presumably. Hmm. <laughs> it's regional rail. You only need half hour frequency for it to be good. Well, yeah, but as opposed to doing like track sharing and running like five trains a day. Yeah, well, that is the difficulty because, as I mentioned, uh, Vancouver is Canada's only West Coast port. Whew. So, so there ain't empty right away. The track is busy. The trackage through the city is busy because it's going places. To like, like Edmonton and Calgary are both kind of big industrial cities. Where do you think they send all their stuff to go to the rest of the world? Vancouver. Vancouver. Because you don't want to ship it all the way to freaking Halifax or whatever. Gotcha. So, you know, it's difficult with that sort of thing. Uh, also, in terms of urbanism, Vancouver and its suburbs like freaking rock. Like, if you look at any SkyTrain station, it's just surrounded by skyscrapers, always. And I think that's very good. Helps with ridership stats, too, if that's all you care about. Yeah, yes, it that's does. That's placemaking. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, also, the British Columbia government has just um, created new rules for zoning around rapid transit stations, <laughs> which will mean that there is even more potential for better TOD around SkyTrain cool. stations, which is good. This is the intended use of rapid transit stations. So true. Um, however, there is a major problem with Vancouver, and I think it's kind of the only major problem with any city on the West Coast that defines everything on the West Coast. Housing affordability. Uh. Because Vancouver, for all of its being better at built at America, than America at building <laughs> skyscrapers, mm -hmm. being better than America at building skyscrapers, uh, still doesn't do the whole missing middle thing. Uh. And so they have horrible housing affordability. Because <laughs> uh, there is kind of an affordability floor for skyscrapers due to construction costs. Yeah, mm -hmm. that you don't have with smaller units. No, you don't, because you can just stick frame them and tear them down in 50 years. Yeah. Like, you can build a sixplex for, like, half the per unit cost of a skyscraper if you really want to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that kind of sucks. But that's just a West Coast, hashtag West Coast things, so. And all the other Canadian cities got it, got it together. Well... Toronto's pretty bad, but most other Canadian cities aren't that bad. So, yeah. you know. Although I will say, if they were to simply build a uh, skyscraper on every lot in Vancouver, their affordability problems would, in fact, be solved. Probably, but there still is that per unit cost floor where the construction costs. Oh, I want to create so many skyscrapers that the developer is forced to sell at loss. <laughs> <laughs> this will cause no problems. None. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's the episode. Please remember to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube and to follow and leave us a rating on iTunes and Spotify. If you like what we do here, please consider becoming a member on Patreon. Patrons receive early access to our episodes as well as exclusive content and occasional merch drops. So true. Like the tokens that we just got. Yep. Yeah. I'm excited about the tokens. And the buttons we're making. Yeah. Yeah. 
wonder if when I go back downtown, the street preacher will still be there. I'm sure. The what now? I. Oh, the street the preacher. The guy who's going to yell that, yeah. yeah. I'm sure he has nothing better to do. That's why he's uh, street preaching. Look, I mean, there is a kind of street preaching that is fine and a kind that is annoying and displays mental health issues. He is clearly the latter. I think <laughs> as soon as you incorporate a megaphone into your routine, I think that's... I mean, I think it's when you're just being like, you will die tomorrow and hell is coming, then you might have an unhealthy relationship with your religion. Well, what are you <laughs> trying to accomplish by saying that? Uh, presumably scare people into God, which is not good. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the kind of as healthy a, as relationship you should have. As a, re- as a religion enjoyer myself, uh, <laughs> So, anyway, uh, speaking of patrons, our patrons are at... Um, um, Canada Lion Tier. Canada Lion Tier, <laughs> Zach Adams, $69.69 per month. At Millennium Lion Tier, Generic GT, uh, $35 per month. At Regular Frontrunner Tier, we have Curtis Herring, Devin Zander, McKay Ransom, Mike Christensen, Phobos2390, and Tony Stunts. Yeah. Hi, Tony. <laughs> uh, at $5 a month, uh, Redline tier, we have Brian Smith, Christopher Whaley, DJ Watkins, Elijah Kensler, G4, Jacob White Cotton, Jesse Mayo, Reluctant LA resident, and Robert P. Walsh. At Blue Line tier, $3, we have Alex Stikelski, Ben Busath, Radley Bondi, Ethan McDonald, Evelyn, Gonzo 12, Jack Mikoski, Martin Hecker Martinez, Matt Gray, Oliver, Seth and Zach for stop. And at Grind Tier, also known as West Coast Express Tier, so good, but not like, you know, Translink good. <laughs> <laughs> or, excuse me, Skytrain good. We have Andrea Levine, Benjamin Wood, John Heron Gorman, Joshua S. Horvath, and Kappel or Kapil. Yeah, our Green Line Tier has been yeah, grind growing. Yeah, Grind is So is the Blue Line Tier as, like, opposed to other tiers. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you all, patrons. Love me a good old Green Line widening. Yeah. <laughs> Four-track Green Line from the airport. Yeah, and we're going to destroy <laughs> as much property as possible in the process of building this. Or we could just make North Temple two lanes. No, we must <laughs> blow stuff up. Yeah. Okay, or get rid of the pavement my so bad. you can have the same number of lanes. My or double, double deck it. The express, oh. express on top, local on bottom. That is the dumbest thing I I've like ever that. heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the smart thing would be to elevate it and run express and local on the same set of tracks. No, the smart thing would be to do neither and have 55 mile per hour express tracks in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. Or you just like have the express green line just hop over onto the UP subdivision and go downtown <laughs> that way. Honestly, not the worst idea yeah. I've ever heard. Mm. Well, it kind of is, but... Definitely. <laughs> I'm th- it's up there, but it's not the worst. The thing is, I don't know if we need an express service from the airport No, it's pretty fine. the current right. one is already quite fast. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're only going to North Temple and then you... Yeah, that's like 15 minutes. minutes. That's it's 15 minutes. No, that's nothing. The city yeah. center is 21 minutes exactly, which is, I think, faster than like anyone else in the country. It's re- it's not bad. Yeah. yeah. So if anything, we should just work on TSP downtown and call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. Or just run express and have a giant axe blade on the front of the <laughs> the train. So <laughs> what? Just deliver ab- obliterate all the people who are trying to cross into the tracks and are expecting the train to stop. Correct. <laughs> I was thinking more for stubborn cars and intersections. <laughs> but great. Yeah, we'll make it go sixty-five as well. <laughs> 
Call it the carnage line. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, did I mention that the streetcar line was called the Olympic line? Isn't that cute? That is cute. I think if they rebuild it, they should keep calling it the Olympic line. Just for like, that's a cool line. Yeah. I saw that on the map and that's fair. That's a good name. They They could name each, well... Would it, it? It would have multiple stops along that section, right? You could name each each stop um, for different Olympic Canadian athletes. Hey, that would actually be really cool. If yeah. Like, terrible for like actually knowing where you are. Oh, horrible. <laughs> well, yeah. You know. Although I suppose that like it doesn't matter as much as we think it does because like where the heck is trolley? Trolley Square. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, but like. Where is that, right? Like if you, you, you don't just name yeah. streets after if you stuff. Named like, like a what is what is a Galvin Plaza? What is a city center? Temple uh, Square is not actually. <laughs> if you got if you named a new like condo tower next to it too, or like an, an yeah, event rename venue. the condo towers to like the Olympic and Athens. I, I know you that's could, a really good idea. You should submit that to Translink if they ever build the thing. Is name all the stops after? Yeah, if you have really good Olympians from Canada, yeah. we'll why submit, not? Right? We'll submit them a few hundred bu- a few uh, million bucks too. <laughs> Yeah, the, once our podcast wealth accumulates enough, we will build the Olympic line. <gasps> yeah, personally, and then make ting, it. Like John only, Henry, like. Ting, and then we'll do real estate ting. and make it profitable. Yeah. Yeah. Money. Uh, what else was I gonna say? I had something important. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Joe Biden's America. Joe Biden is based, and he will win twenty twenty four. I'm predicting it now. I don't care what the polls say. They're stupid and f- run by bad people. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you and the Associated Press comes after you with a machete. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Associated Press. I know where you live. One oh. Rockefeller Square in New York City. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not actually the headquarters of the Associated Press, but... Yeah. I wish uh, New York Times... Is it? Was it the New York Times in the Flatiron building? No, they were in the time... In one Times Square, oh, which is one now Times completely Square. empty and covered in billboards. Yeah. Aww. Gotta make rent somehow. Deadline Podcast should take over the Flatiron building. It is vacant. I love the Flatiron How many hundreds of millions of dollars in repairs are we going to pay for? I don't want to know. I will just have the, we have the canopies over the sidewalk, and then we don't have to do any repairs at Yeah, all. we'll just do forever yeah. street sheds like everywhere yeah. else in New York. Uh-huh. Yeah, we we, so we won't secure any any so uh, masonry no, at all. No, we'll, we'll leave we'll leave bricks on the windowsill so you can open it up and toss it <laughs> and out. Just like eat it down <laughs> on pedestrians. I mean, they're you know they're probably from Brooklyn anyway, so who cares if they live or die? Yeah, I'm wading into uh, New York City borough rivalries <laughs> on the side of Queens. <laughs> <laughs> Because, <laughs> you know, screw those Brooklyn people. They <laughs> suck. <laughs> What's the one that's on the north end of Manhattan the that nobody Bronx. likes? Well, that's because of racism, but it is the Bronx. Oh, I was going to say because supposedly the commute sucks. Well, yeah, it sucks because of racism. Oh, <laughs> so we should make it not suck. Yeah. Get rid of racism. There's also Staten Island, which is the one everyone likes to pretend doesn't exist. <laughs> For good reason. Get Wait, that's it. a real borough? Uh-huh. Oh. Staten Island, Manhattan, Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens. Oh, I figured it would be something more important. No, it's a borough. Mm-hmm. It's the least populous, least densely populated, and least important borough by a long shot, but it's a borough. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, listen to next week. 
um, the Red Line podcast getting viciously assaulted by various New Yorkers. <laughs> and multiple news agencies. <laughs> <laughs> Including the Associated Press, National Public Radio, and CNN. I don't think NPR would come after us. I think NPR would come after us. I don't think so. They're tough. If we give them money, if we... If we give them our car. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I gave my car to, uh, what is it? K-U-R? Th- no, no, K-U-A-A. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Did you really? Yeah, because it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it gave money to the station, so. Yeah. It's a shame I can't listen to it up in Logan. But yeah. <laughs> I can't afford to give my car away because, like, when I go car free, I need to be able to sell it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have a different car now, but uh, that car is just going to die. Mm. I This one works. Yeah, this one works. Crazy. Yeah. They do make working cars. Works, depending. <laughs> works. I, I like to think gas mileage is a big part of whether it works or not. Oh, yeah. Um, I do I want to know how bad the mileage is? Yeah, no. It sucks. It's, it's, it sucks. I, 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 do, I miss. Whoa. What? Okay, uh, fun fact. The third presidential debate in 2024 is going to be on campus at the University of Utah. The third one? That's the last one. With That's the ac- important one. With actual Joe Biden. With Joe Biden, with Joe, <laughs> Joseph Robinette Biden and Donald J. Trump because he's going to win the primary. Why, why here? Do you know? What building would that be? We're an important university. I, I mean, yeah, but compared to all the I other ones in the hey, country. Hey, hey, shut up, USA, USA, Utah, Utah quiet State. Aggie, quiet, Aggie. Hey, educate the state, okay? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big deal for us political science students. Yeah, uh, well, and for us as a city. How do I get tickets? <laughs> Wait, so instead of Olympics money, do we get Joe Biden money in I preparation Joe for Biden Joe Biden money. visiting? I'll take Joe Biden money. Joe Biden special track service, I, I wish probably. Joe Biden should bring back the armored train car going around the country <laughs> and giving whistle stop. And yes. An armored light rail vehicle. <laughs> no, they should make a multi-mode one that has onboard diesel, third rail, and multi-voltage cabinary. I think you're just talking about Muni Metro. And, and, <laughs> and variable gauge. <laughs> so you can yeah, go so you on can BART. run it on BART in Washington Metro, because that's they, broad gauge as They well. make trains that can do that safely and reliably, so why not? Ultimate armored train car. No, but I would love to for candidates to get in their armored train cars and do whistle-stop talks and... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, have you seen the Canadian fun. Christmas train as well? I have. Because okay. I'm no. jealous about that. And then breaking, Joe Biden is fine after his armored train car gets hit by a runaway UP train. Joe Biden is fine after nuked by Russians <laughs> in his train. Yeah, that's the one thing about trains, I guess. They don't break. They kind of predict. But don't break. You can put as much weight on that thing as you want. Have you seen, I think it's a Tom Scott video where he goes to see